Demons Discuss TV Review, Season 1, Episode 2. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me, as usual, are my friends, Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. What are we talking about today, Jean? Episode two of A Discovery of Witches. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love we finally get to move on from the one we've marinated on since the con. I know. Yes. I know. And we get to meet Hamish, my very favorite character ever. But first. But first. That opening sequence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. We'll get to it, but we have to get to this sponsorship. Yes, ma'am. So let's do that. Let's do it. This podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Our patrons are throwing us some dollars. And no, we aren't strippers, audience. We are talkers. Our patrons help us ensure that we can keep going and do the things we need to do so we can continue bringing you a quality production. Angela, what is in it for the listeners? Listeners can get a double dose of demons. So that's three demons every single week in your ears. What? What? what, what? I know, crazy. I know. So you get our episodes. It could be TV episodes. It could be book episodes. But then you also get on off weeks, our after show, which could be absolutely anything. It's a grab bag, folks. Totally <laughs> like grab said, bag. It's not only a grab bag, it's a white elephant grab bag. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know what yeah, we're going to say. <laughs> if you're not careful, you're going to get that bath set that's been passed around for the last five Christmases that smells like white jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody got at Walgreens. Oh my god. <laughs> well, no, for real, though, there's swag. Yay! 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 Uh, there's Lots of Swag. You can get a tote bag at one of the higher tiers. Yes, that's what we offer. But every tier will receive our podcast sticker featuring our demon wagon where we ditch drive. Yay! Yay! And everybody will receive our after show podcast. Oh, and you also get entered into our quarterly demon roulette. Yes! Mm-hmm. If you are a knight or above demon roulette, you'll get to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture us three in Monte Carlo <laughs> playing uh, craps and <laughs> roulette. Blackjack. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, folks, if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash demons discuss. It helps us pay for what we're doing here. So, thank you. All right. Let's crank the engine. And this particular episode is sponsored by our random patron. Give me a drum roll, guys. Oh, I got to make room. (laughs) Yes. Elena Tronco, thank you so much. Thank you, Elena. Thank you. So we open the scene and we are confronted with the song White Rabbit, a cover. uh, Who did the original White Rabbit? Yeah, so so it was Grace Slick. This was a cover by Haley Reinhart, who I totally rooted for on American Idol, by the way. Shouts out, Haley. Woo! But some country singer won it that year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and the song is introducing us to the beautifully shot Venice which was beautiful, by the way. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Amazing. This whole whole sequence was amazing. Yes. And the beautiful Juliet, the woman we see ahead of us. She hears a name being called in the background. The name is Mathieu. 
She spots the dude, then starts stalking him. What did you guys think about this opening scene? I mean, at broad daylight in St. Mark's Square and a vampire has decided to go on the hunt. It was like, what the what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She gave no but fucks, from, man. <laughs> from the non-book reader perspective, it had to be absolutely intriguing. I know. What well, yeah. is about to go down here? Vampire's broad daylight? What the hell? He looks like, you know, junior year abroad kind of cute brunette boy talking to a little blonde girl sitting right. on the steps. And she was was absolutely predatory, Juliet. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. I mean, she slinks Definitely. on over. She gives him the eyes and this guy, Matthew, is totally suckered for it. So he's like, all right, blonde girl, bye. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> thanks, bye. See you, see you. See you. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he starts following Juliet. And then they make out in the alley and then Juliet's all mumbling something like, oh, make out. They were fucking against a ridge rail. Well, that was <laughs> me. Well, I'm talking about the alley, not on the steps. The steps are coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but when they're making out, Juliet, Juliet mumbles something about, I used to know a Matthew. This Matthew right here is like, it's Matthew. She don't give a fuck. She's still gonna. <laughs> he's French. <Right. laughs> well, I, th- I think she keyed into the fact that, wait, he's French. Too. Yes, he's French. This is like my Matthew, but not really. Mm-hmm. So Matthew apparently doesn't care either because they start doing it on the steps. Ass out. Right in daylight. They didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was there were no fucks given there. Well, maybe Lots one. Of fucks given. <laughs> <laughs> there was one given there. Oh, God. There's a study abroad pun in there, too. <laughs> Most All definitely. The puns. <laughs> Something's going down. Oh, with yes. Someone. Oh, yes. So they get hot and heavy, and then Juliet loses her damn mind and bites him. And, you know, remember last episode I said, fuck this Talk shit, I am out? mood killer. Oh, my God. This guy is like, fuck this shit, I'm out this time. Oh, He's like, no, I want no parts of it. He's out of here. But then, does that make you wonder what her trysts were like with, with Matthew Claremont? I, rough like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they were hot and heavy <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some of his scars came from Juliet. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Broadsword, right? <laughs> sure, it was a broadsword. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so this chick just goes after him and we assume sucks the dude dry, you know, because we have concluded by this point that, yes, Juliet might just be a vampire. So, yes. Now we're switching scenes. We watch this black car driving as we're hearing the soundtrack by Rob Lane. Matthew's voice is soothing us and reassuring us like his father used to reassure him and every ending there's a new beginning and didn't you say something like Deb wrote this variation of the line? Yes, Deb actually wrote this whole opening monologue for the show so there were some people squawking early on about well that's not in the books, that's how it is in the books and Deb's finally just had got fed up and said no, I wrote it. Yeah, I wrote it. It has to be right. I love that the voiceover is over a different scene. Yeah. Yes, they didn't just. Not, mm-hmm. It's not not him just standing on the bridge every single time. It's over whatever's happening in that particular episode. Yes, it's mm-hmm. not cookie cutter. Just, they tailored the, it for oh, an episode. I just love the way it sounds too. Yes, every single time it sounds good. We love it. Every single time it sounds new. <laughs> but to me, it also every single time it sounds new. It does, especially with the visuals we're given in each new episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, the car is uh, driving along these roads, and eventually it parks in front of a palatial estate. A man wearing ridiculous pants is waiting for him. Yes. <laughs> and that man is Hamish. Golf knickers. Golf knickers. Okay. 
still ridiculous. Even worse. <laughs> well, right. they're even more ridiculous since those are like golf knickers. Yes. So Matthew, who's, we know, he's our moody Matthew. He gets a bit snarky with Hamish. He's like, new trousers? And Hamish is like, oh, okay, Matthew. Hi, Hamish. Nice to see you, too. I love that Hamish got snarky right back. Yes, yes. And cheers to you, Greg McHugh. I doubted you at first, but I was wrong, okay? I can admit it right here. Me, too. Yes, you're awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two seconds after he opened his mouth, I'm like, I love him. Yes. Yeah. Come on the show, by the way. Okay, so next. Yes. <laughs> Um, My misgivings evaporated. Yes. It was like, poof. Absolutely. Gone. Because it basically, with that statement, he says, I don't give a fuck what you say, Matthew. Nope. Yeah. Whatever you say, it's fine. Matthew goes on to criticize the house once they're inside. He's like, it looks like a wedding cake. <laughs> it's just like, whatever. Are you going to diss my house? Are you going to yeah. keep doing this? What? Right. <laughs> get it get it out of your system. Why are you here? Yes. Yeah, so it's not just hunting. Hamish establishes himself as someone who could stand up to Matthew and his moodiness and his bullshit. So bravo, Greg McHugh. Again, thank you. Yes. And it establishes that demons and vampires and creatures of other kinds can indeed be friends. Yes. Even though it's quote unquote fucked up, like Hamish said. <laughs> right. Yes. There we go. Can't be more fucked up than that. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes, it can. Oh, yes, it can. You know, oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Right. Greg. Hamish hands him a cup of wine and he says he came here. He needed to get away from a witch and that he was craving her. Don't, don't, don't. I came up here to get away from a witch. When you say get away do you mean I'm craving her and so for you TV viewers you might not understand what craving actually means you'll see you'll see soon enough anyway we're cutting to Diana and she's still having her spider dreams and they're getting way more intense and it's a really big spider after her this time. We don't know who that spider represents, but maybe we'll see soon. So she gets up out of bed and it seems like she grabs the card that Matthew Claremont handed her and she starts staring at it. And I said this before, but it seemed to me she's like, maybe I should go see what Matthew has to say while she's studying the business card. And I'm like, really? That quickly? <laughs> <laughs> And in my head, I'm thinking she's saying, he's kind of cute. And then later on, when she sees the jacket, you know, in her mail slot that he returned to her, she's smiling. And I'm thinking, he's really cute. I'm going to go see what he yeah, has to so say. Yeah, so much for standing in front of the boathouse, having him, like, go all blood ragey and her telling right. her yeah. to leave slowly. Down. Now, the next morning, she's like, ha, ha, ha. Sexy vampire. I mean. Who was about to eat me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, he got a little serial killer-ish. <laughs> <laughs> that look on his face was crazy. Yeah. I mean, if someone said walk, but don't run. And like in the voice that he don't did. Don't look back. And then she's like, yeah. she's, she's, and the first thing she does listen. is look back. <laughs> You're all, that look establishes Diana. <laughs> <laughs> so we get more little smiles from Diana. That's so sweet. And now we're back in Venice. And we're watching this dark Mediterranean man riding on a boat. We know him to be Domenico. And for those of you who didn't know when you first started watching, yes, he's Domenico. And I'm sure for both groups, it was like, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Domenico. Hello. Hello. But he's heading somewhere. He's going to apparently a morgue. And yep. he's so cool. The boat doesn't even need to stop. He just hops off the boat. <laughs> 
Right. If he's not cool, he's at least coordinated, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So we see our friend Matthew again, and he's dead this time. He's dead as a doornail. Uh, (laughs) Juliet had a snack. Domenico, he flashed some kind of credentials to this guy, and this guy's like, oh, we can't do that. And he's like, oh, no, your boss is going to call here in a minute or so, and uh, he's going to tell you I'm good. I'm wondering, did someone get to his boss or was that somebody else or what kind of trickery was that? Yeah, I think I don't know if it was trickery so much as a, a way to quickly establish that They're, Domenico is somebody who has a lot of power and yeah. has a lot of connections. Right. I think it's I think it's an in just like Sylvia served yeah. the purpose in yeah. at Sotheby's. Yeah, that's true. He asked for paperwork from the guy, Matthew. The guy goes in the other room and then uh, Domenico takes a quick sniff and then we see this recognition in his eyes like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. I know who that is. He asked the guy what the guy's name is. And his name is Mathieu Benny. So tell us the, <laughs> tell us a story, Jean, about Mathieu Benny. <laughs> Mathieu Benny is French for Matthew Good. <laughs> <laughs> Clever, clever, clever. Isn't that cute? So clever. <laughs> Okay, so his name is Mathieu Benny. He's French. And then a light seems to come on in Domenico's eyes. He says, Matthew. And he knows exactly who did this. He was French. No. Mathieu Benny. Matthew. We're back with Hamish and Matthew, and Hamish is driving his butch utility vehicle. Very much. <laughs> in his ridiculous pants. Yes, in his ridiculous pants, bouncing around the path, as described in the books originally. Matthew tells him to stop, and Hamish says where, and Matthew gives him coordinates to something. And Hamish grabs mm-hmm. his binoculars and looks, sees the stag, and says, get hunting. And then Matthew takes off on a tear after this creature. And then now we're on to the next scene. This is fast moving, fast paced. Keep up with us. Yeah, very. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So next scene, Diane is at the library, and Sean greets her. She's like, it's busy today. And Sean's like, I don't know. It's, you know, school's out. I don't get what's going on. And then she's noticing all the creatures in the Bodley and staring at her. And we catch a glimpse of some of the cowboy boots, first of all. Yes! Yes. 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 And again, non-readers, stick a pin in this image. You're going to need this later. She notices Satu is staring at her. And Satu is up in the uh, balcony, looking down, looking ominous, as Satu does. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, it strikes me, strikes me how high-profile Satu is. Yeah. In this series, yes. Actually, in the books, we didn't see Satu until very late. So we didn't even know she existed. We're getting a whole new insight into this. We don't know that she wasn't ever watching Diana and the Bodleian. That's true. Because they mentioned the scary sisters, all sorts of witches. And creatures and tingling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Satu could have sure enough been there. Yeah. It cuts back to the hunting and we're seeing Matthew chasing the deer. And then we go back back, this dude named Peter Knox comes up and introduces himself. And Diana's like, uh, okay. She she doesn't know what's going on here. She talks to him and she doesn't seem interested in what he has to say, but he leaves her. He's like, oh, would you like to go have coffee or do you drink tea like your mother? And that seemed to get Diana's attention right there. Yeah, that was just so manipulative. Yes. Ugh, I, I got a bad, I mean, even if I hadn't read the books a bazillion times, that just gave me a bad vibe. Yeah, which tells you what a great job Owen Teal is doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
wow. Indeed. Yeah, he's one track mind. He's very everything's urgent, and that's it's too much. It's it's, it's creepy in a good way. I'm saying it's too much in a good way. Yes, yes. He can turn the tender on and make it seem like he's caring for a second, but then right. then he'll dial it back, <laughs> and we'll see this whole other side. And it's like two point five seconds. He's this other dude. So it's like right. wow. So uh, we go back to hunting and Matthew just finally goes for the deer. And then we see Peter and Diana talking. Did you know my father, too? Only slightly. Your mother and I met when we were teenagers. I was very fond of her. What was she like? Passionate. Clever, stubborn as a mule when she wanted to be. <laughs> really? Mm. It's truly terrible what happened. I've thought about you a good deal over the years, and I've wanted to introduce myself, but your aunt's very protective. Peter is presenting himself as friendly and they're at tea and Satu's lurking in the shadows. And I like the way <laughs> I like the way they kind of cut back and forth from the hunting to this is another form of hunting. It's to like Peter. Yeah. yeah. Cutting between Matthew yeah. and yeah. Peter. And because Peter's kind of stalking her. I mean, how he's he's like trying to ingratiate himself with her about, oh, well, I was an old friend of your parents and I really wanted to come by. But, you know, your aunts. I mean, that that was like sort of like weird and creepy and... and Diana was totally open to it. Well, she didn't know any better. You have Satu stalking them. Yeah. I mean, you think she could devise a spell, a listening spell to not have to <laughs> not have yeah. to get rid of all social normities and, and be standing there like Lurch. <laughs> we didn't name her Lurch, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, so now we're back to Matthew. He's apparently had his dinner. He's sated. He had his deer. And Hamish is telling him, dude, it's really smart to stay away from that wish. But here's the whole thing about that scene I love so much was Matthew Good had like the best swagger as he came. They kind of came back up to the butch jeep. Uh huh. And then they have that whole conversation that they're they're like two guys leaning against a car. Yeah. It was like the way they staged that scene was just so... They were relaxed with each other. I loved what it said about the relationship. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love the way Matthew Good recovered from the ridiculous way he ran. <laughs> <laughs> when he moves at a more stately pace, it's a very lovely thing to watch. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Matthew is kind of fighting what Hamish is telling him. He's like, but Hamish, she can get the book. And I think Hamish sees through that, dude. Yeah. Oh, Hamish, yeah. Hamish knew it was about more than the book, but he also knew Matthew was not ready to admit that to him. No. Too. Which is interesting because Satu says it's more than just the book. Hamish is thinking it's more than just the book. Previews we've seen, other people say it's more, more than, than just, just the book. book. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting the hint. Maybe it's more than just the book. <laughs> 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 Don't forget, book Matthew needed the anvil to drop on his head, too. Yes, 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 absolutely. Okay, so we're back to Knox and Diana at tea, and he's flipped, man. He's probing, and she's catching on to him. He got a bit eager, and he goes into interrogation mode, where he's like, what did it look like? What did, What else did you see? Yeah, he overplayed his hand real early. He did. The mask fell off. Oh, quickly. Oh, I know. Quickly. But I have to digress here. That tea room was beautiful. Oh, yes. yes. Everything. Those, let's, let's just say everything is shot beautifully. Everything. Yes. yes. I am in love with those chair, those wingback chairs in that tea room. I want them. I lust for them. They don't even sell them at Ikea. I'm upset. 
<laughs> they have something close to it at Ikea. I, yeah, I saw those, but Robert kind of threatened me. I'm not allowed to have more chairs, damn it. <laughs> I almost bought them when I bought the couch, Yeah, but I digress. Yeah, we digress. Okay. So uh, Diana's like, whoa, dude, why are you so obsessed with this book? What's going on? She's cluing into this, right? And he's like, it's the vampires, that book. It'll tell you how to destroy them. We made them. We need to unmake them. Or we created them. We need to uncreate them. And Diana's like, yeah, no, dude, I'm not down with that. I'm not your girl. Yeah. So Diana leaves, makes her exit. Fuck this shit, I'm out. As tradition by now. Yes. She does an awful lot of that. Yeah. And then Satsu walks in after Diana leaves and just sits quietly, as she does in her lurch persona. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Peter's like, this chick is, she's a tough nut to crack. We're going to have to be tougher. Basically, we may have to use firmer tactics. And the way he said that is. It was. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back to Domenico and he comes calling somewhere else in Venice. This time, Juliet answers the door. He asks for Jerbear, and Juliet's all like, my father isn't seeing anyone. And Domenica's like, he's going to want to talk to me. So Juliet kind of reluctantly stalks away, and that's when we meet Gerber. He's so handsome. Yes. That's an aside. He's very handsome. This is a handsome man. Who's the actor who mm-hmm. plays him? Uh, Trevor Eve. And interesting yes. thing about Trevor Eve, uh-huh. he played Jonathan Harker in the Frank Langella version of Dracula. Really? Oh, back when he was a young, young man, yes. Oh, wow. I must check that out because I'm very Team Bear right now. I'm feeling it. So, Domenico comes up and kisses his hand, which would indicate that Bear is rather important. And Jean, do you want to explain to our listeners why Bear is rather important? Because he was Sylvester II, the Pope. Sylvester II, a Pope in the ninth century who owns a brazen head. And in the scene, which I thought was just so cheeky, was they put red socks on him. <laughs> and why is that significant for our... Uh... For our, for our Protestant. For our pagan listeners. <laughs> our Protestant and pagan listeners yes. and Jewish listeners. The Pope traditionally wears red shoes. Wow. Don't ask me why he wears red shoes, but he wears red shoes. Yep. Or fisherman sandals. In the case of Pope, our current Pope, Pope Francis, he wears the fisherman sandals because of his vows of poverty and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, the flashier Popes had their custom-made red shoes. <laughs> That's how they roll. Jabir's not letting go. Yeah. Jabir's no, on the flasher no. side, I would say. And kissing the ring is something else you would also do with the Pope to show your obedience. Or the Mafia. <laughs> yeah, too. And this, all, is true. this is all very mafioso, too. Yes, yes. Okay, so he goes on and tells Gerbert this is a police matter, and then Gerbert sends Juliet away. On to the next scene. We're having tea and cookies, or as our friends in the UK like to call them, biscuits. And Jillian and Diana are talking. How could taking out a book for a senior witch do any harm? Come on, you're in the library. You felt it. This this book is powerful, and I, I don't I don't trust what Peter Knox might do with it. He he hates other species. He'll use it against them. Jillian's telling Diana, look, I don't know what's so bad about getting the book for Senior Witch. And we can assume they're talking about what happened with Peter Knox right here. And Diana's all like, Peter is bad. He hates other species. I don't know how he knows that I got the book. Jillian, who, of course, told him. 
is all like, I don't know, these things get out, whatever. Right. <laughs> which isn't exactly which is a lie. Yeah. Which isn't exactly a lie, which is how she got around the tall witches can't lie to one another. Um, yeah. yeah, Jillian. Mm, no, mm. I don't like her. Really don't like her. And for somebody who's bitching and moaning about being in a dead-end teaching assistant job, she's living in a pretty damn nice place. I don't know. I, I don't know what... Uh, make- that kitchen's very nice. Maybe it's her family's. Because according to the book, her mom was like on the congregation and uh, there was some kind of connection there. I don't get that sense, though. I mean, it's 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 all rather odd with her. Yeah. Or maybe she's got a side gig. You don't know. <laughs> like we said last episode, it might be a side gig. Oh, so here is where Diana is going on about how she wants to lead a normal life. And then Jillian said, I've known you for 10 years. You couldn't be normal if you tried. Then she goes on to say, it's so typical this happened to you. Now, I know we talked about this before when we first watched this, but it wasn't a damn girl. I'm sorry that shit happens to you. It was more like, oh, why can't this shit happen to me? Right. Yeah. She's so jealous. jealous. Already cre- it's creeping in. Yeah. Big time. That's how I read it. And I think that's how we all read it. Like, yes. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the hint that Jillian's not only skittish, but she's just fucking envious of Diana. And Diana's <laughs> oblivious. Yeah. She's like, okay. They're just mowing down on their biscuits. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> then Diana starts musing about Matthew. Jillian was like, okay, so did you talk to the vampire about the book? And then Diana's like, no, I think he's kind of given up on me. And she's very wistful here. It's like, he he kind of gave up on me. And But she starts talking about him in a way that's positive. And Jillian's like, Ugh, so bad that you have to deal with that. And she's like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's the only one who seemed to know about this book. Diana's got to take off because she's got to go off to the Dean's party. And now we switch scene again really quick. And Matthew is talking about the same book to Hamish. Hamish is like, dude, we need that book too. My people are suffering. We're mentally ill. We're homeless. We're suicidal. And Matthew's like, oh, I know, dude. But he was totally placating him. Oh, I know. That right. kind of pissed me off. It's like, wait a minute. You guys are such great friends and you you think better of demons, but even so, you're still kind of treating him as a second-class citizen. So even though Ashmole 782 might be the answer to our problems, Hamish, my interest in it puts her in danger. Seems we're all in danger, Matt, if we don't get that book. You know that demon suicides are on the rise? As a mental health problems, homelessness. Yes, I know. I've been looking into the statistics. We are struggling. If this book could explain our origins. Yes. Wouldn't that be something, my friend? Yeah, you're just like, oh, that would be great if we could all have it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Put me first. <laughs> Me first. Piss me off. Pat, pat on the head, Hamish. You're so silly. (laughs) Right. I wanted to punch him for Hamish, man. <laughs> I know. Well, it's nice to know we, that, that uh, TV Matthew and Book Matthew both elicit that. Yeah, we bu- we want to punch both occasion. of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we still love him. We still love Matthew. We really do. This is the first glimpse we kind of got of the hot mess Matthew in the TV show, really. Yeah, this is true. I'm craving more hot mess Matthew. I have a feeling you're going to get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't Good know. Point. Prediction time. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now we're visiting Miriam in the lab. She's got her microscope and she's doing sciencey things. Like I like to imagine Shelly doing. Shout Shelly. Yay. Oh my God. <laughs> and that coat she has. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
That was a great quote. I need it. She's single hand. The actress has single handedly elevated Miriam to this spectacular, awesome level. Oh, yeah. I love Aisha. She's great. Yes. Miriam was already great, but watching her on screen, love her. Team Miriam, too, now. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Marcus is there and he wants the results. And it seems like the problem is to do with Marcus. And what did you say before? Low sperm count. (laughs) Low vampire. Poor, yeah. poor, poor Marcus had that look on his face that they just told him he had low sperm count. <laughs> I'm less than a man. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that and save it for our spoiler review. Okay, when we go into spoilers, because okay. I have a problem with that. Let me write that down, Marcus. Okay, say something about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Diana is running. Okay, she's uh, she's doing her jog right, and here yeah. comes Satu, and Satu shows up out of the blue. Oh God, like Lurch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or the Terminator. No, she, she reminds me more of the Terminator. Terminator's like, oh, I'll be back. She's back. <laughs> She's very much like that, though, too, because sometimes she starts talking in that monotone and it's like, I'll be back. Yes. So Satu is seeing something in Diana where she's like, it's not just, it's just like magic attracts magic. And she, her eyes roll back in her head and she's checking something out. And I, I don't know if she's scanning Diana or what. I, I don't know what this is a depiction of, but she's doing something, right? Magic-y. Magic-y. Diana says, I'm not getting the book for Peter Knox and you can go back and tell him that. She's like, how did you get the book? And then magic attracts magic. And then she goes on and says, something did something to you or you did it to yourself. And then she goes on to say, it's not just about the book. It's about you. Again. Mm -hmm. Again. Yes. This is a recurring theme. So Diana retreated back to her rooms and she's like, okay, this shit's crazy. I better call somebody. She, She calls Emily and she's like, okay, so something's happened. This guy named Peter Knox and Emily's like, what, what, what? Peter Knox? No, she did. She was, she was not as strong about him being awful in that first part of that phone conversation like she was in the, in the book. Books. She well, kind of, that was Sarah in the books who was like freaking out. But they were like, oh yeah, he was a friend of your parents, but he didn't think your parents should get married. And Right. He tried to stop the wedding. They had a falling out after. And then it was like, oh, they had a falling out after that. It wasn't like your father thought he was just deplorable and awful. Right. right. It came out that Peter was doing dark magic. Mm-hmm. So after that, we're cutting back to Jer Bear's house and we see him sitting there and he's seems pretty upset and we see the red, we get a good glimpse of the red socks and he calls in Juliet and uh, Ju- then it gets creepy. Yeah, Juliet, really creepy. Juliet's in trouble, dude. <laughs> There's always something brewing beneath the surface yeah. with Jer Bear. Yeah. yeah. Juliet's in trouble. As he's going on, he's like, okay, what did you do last night? Did you? She's like, oh, I was just out. Maybe shopping. I don't know. Maybe stop for a snack or something. You know? <laughs> she, yeah. she was like, you know, I told you I'd be good. I was just out. And Jer Bear <laughs> doesn't believe her. And he's like, you know, if you did something to embarrass me or if you did something that will bring attention to us, Baldwin will know about it. And she's like, well, Baldwin it's not even in Venice, so what? Okay. Or Domenico. Well, Domenico brought this to my attention, so now his fucking nose is into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He called him a nosy little fuck is what he did. Yes, yes. So that two is kind of a nosy episode. little, yeah, on his part. So, Gervais is going to find out what she did on his own and how he does that as he takes a big bite out of her, starts sucking her blood, and he starts getting visions. And this is the first time we're seeing this. So, the first glimpses, we see our little French friend, Mathieu Ben. 
But then it cuts into the other Matthew. The past. Yes. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of D going on in both these scenes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and you got the you got the historical romance D with our Matthew. With our Matthew. Exactly. I think he even had like the fake long hair tied back. Very nice. Gerbert's pretty upset. He grabs Juliet and he puts her in timeout in his little room that's damp and nasty. And it's, ah, uh, I wouldn't want to sit there. But nope. she's like, Father, you taught me to crave Matthew. Apparently, she doesn't care which one. It's anyone. Yeah, they're interchangeable. <laughs> anyone named Matthew. Oh, Matthew. It's like she's programmed. Matthew. But, well, you saying that gives you an insight when Matthew says to Hamish, I'm craving a witch. There you go. There you go. Tells mm-hmm. you the intensity of it. Yes. Craving them. Must have them. So, okay, now we're back at Hamish's and Hamish gets all political and he talks uh, about demons rights while they're playing chess. But you know what? In this chess scene too is he gets kind of prophetic which put a pin in that. We'll talk about that at the end too. Okay. Pins everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he says the famous line for those of us who've read the books, there's more to the game than protecting your queen. I love that line. It's awesome. Yes. Yes. And that seems to trigger Matthew to run to his car. It's like, oh, right, I got shit to do. You're pissing me off. I'm leaving. I got to protect my queen right quick. Thanks for reminding me. And off to Oxford we drive. Right. And Hamish stops him. He's like, don't go to don't go to that witch unless you can control yourself. Then he throws Eleanor and Cecilia in his face. Like, okay, so we also talked about this off mic, but Eleanor and Cecilia, do you think that was a conversation they had while he was there while we were viewing it? Or was it a conversation that they had way before? Way before. Way before. Way before. Okay. So Hamish is trying to protect Matthew because he knows that Matthew has never felt like this for anyone like Diana. So like the book Hamish, TV Hamish has got insight that Matthew doesn't even have on in himself. So mm-hmm. he's like, I thought it was an interesting choice, though, to say he's his conscience. Yeah. He says, you told me because you wanted me to be your conscience to stop him. So now he's trying to stop him and it doesn't do any good because Matthew does what he wants. Yep. And he's like, OK, I'll try. And then. Hamish is like, don't try, do. And it was very Yoda right there. Very (laughs) Very Yoda. Mm -hmm. So Diana is at her fancy Dean party now. She's greeting all the people. Uh, The lady that first introduced her at the lecture, she was there smiling. And Professor Marsh, we get to meet him. We met him in the books, but this is a little bit of a different setting, but not so much. And he's like, hey, Diana, we can't wait to put you on that short list because we're already planning on hiring you because, you know, you know how that workplace shit works. You know, it's all about networking. (laughs) And so now you're at my fancy Dean party. And let me introduce you to Peter Knox. And then I'm like, ah, here we go. And he was branded as a consultant of the occult. Yes. And in the same in the book, too. She looks at Peter Knox. She's like, oh, it's you. Okay, I got to go. And Peter's like, okay, I need to take it a notch up. So he starts talking to her in her head. And she's like, oh, no, I got to go. I got to go. So she's running out and he's still talking to her. And finally, she's like downstairs outside and he's inside and still talking to her in her head. So mm-hmm. it really lets us know that this guy's powerful. <laughs> well, and that Diana has some gifts, too. And she turned yeah. around and her hands lit up. It all welled up on her. And then she hollers at him. Get out of my head. And broke the window. Yes. And broke the window. And Peter's like, oh, shit. Now we're getting somewhere. OK. Yeah. He's more... He's more fueled now, yeah. though, yes. than, than turned off. You can't escape me that easy. 
I can be with you wherever you are. I need the book. We need the book. Okay, so finally, after she tells Peter what's for, she walks away. And of course, Satu was watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her portrayal is almost vampiric in that she yes. stalks a lot. She's quiet. She expends very little energy unless she really has to. Yes, good call. She'd be like a perfect vampire. Yeah. Nothing surprising about her. If she showed up as a vampire, no. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've read the books. We've, you know, how many times and I still get kind of mixed up like, oh, she's not a vampire. She's a witch. She's a that's witch. Right. Her and Peter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The next scene. We're visiting Jillian. And so is Peter Knox. She's like, well, how's it going with Diana? And she's shaking as she's pouring the tea. Did you notice that? Yeah. She's being just, she's making me nervous because she's going to break something or spill the tea or something. And Peter's obviously intimidating her. Yeah. And she's just weak. Oh, and he's he's messing with her because he's playing with her emotions. And he says this. Maybe she's used her magic to forward her career. And that was Jillian's weak spot. Jillian's sensitive about that. And he went right for that button. The whole setup of the congregation and and Jillian reporting Diana is very dystopian. You know, you get the sense that you have to be a good citizen and report what you see. She's such a good German. And it's gross. Yeah, it's it's just gross. It's like, wow, what's going on here? Yeah. So Jillian or Diana, you know, after that last night at that Dean's party, she had that run in with Peter. So she she only has one friend in Oxford. So she goes to Jillian and Peter's there, too. And then she realizes Jillian fucking set her up. And she's like, oh, yep. shit, that bitch. Mm. Yeah, and I ha- I'm, I was so happy because I, Diana seems to have a lot more backbone. Totally, totally. And I love it. I love it. Teresa is just doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And she's walking away. She's having these flashes of connection. She's connecting Jillian to Knox and to Satu, and she's figuring out Matthew has been the most straightforward with her about the book. And he's cute, too. <laughs> Yeah. And she finds herself heading over to his college. Yes. To Alsos, to his room. Yeah. So she climbs the stairs to pay him a visit and she knocks on the door and wow, he's not there. So she turns around slowly down the steps. And she's so dejected. And then, I know. And then she sees him and then she brightens up. Yep. Her sigh is just like so perfect. I know. So, Yay, <sighs> you're there. He's here. And then he's like, wow, you're here. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> so okay. we see them in the rooms and uh, Matthew's rooms this time and Matthew's lean and Gene you mentioned this before where he's lean next to the mirror and we see his reflection yes I just love that so much yeah. it's like if you had any questions well played there you go yes vampires can see their reflections that was a human myth people so yeah. um, he is telling her like she's telling this story she's really upset she's scared and her adrenaline's pumping and you hear her heartbeat and Matthew's like please calm down and she's like why and she's like your adrenaline's high and yeah you need to calm down 
Trust me. Otherwise, we're going to have an incident. You're very distracting. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have an incident. Um, Yeah, calm down. So his first question is like, why did you come to me? Do you have friends? Do you have somebody for you? Or why me? Diana's like, yeah, I don't have anybody I can trust. So finally, Matthew reaches into his bookshelf and he grabs the Charles Darwin book with the letter in it. You knew Charles Darwin? Yes. I met him on a number of occasions particularly when he was building up to his publication of Origin. I began to wonder how his theories might relate to us creatures. I was desperate to understand our origins. You see, I'd already heard rumors, whisperings about a book, hidden from human eyes in an alchemical text. Ashmal, 782. Ashmal. That man had an uncanny ability to find bizarre manuscripts, and I found and read every one of them. Apart from 782. You've been searching for the book since 1859. Mm. What'd you guys think about that? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I was so happy nice we got in. Origins. Yes. And the way yep. he did it. And, and the fact that that whole bookshelf, his his shelves in that room were just beautiful. And the way he just like plucked it off the top. It was laying on its side across the top of a row of books and you just plucked it out and handed it to her. I just loved it. Yeah. And I was never concerned about how they were going to do it in the adaptation, but they've done it differently than it was in the books. And I like it more, actually, how they did it in the TV show. I do, too. Mm -hmm. It's like they get right to it. It's like, yeah, here's the point. Here it is. (laughs) You know, so Diana's reading this letter. You knew Charles Darwin. And then the, hey, who else did you know? Did you know Machiavelli? Did you? She's trying to suss out his age. And then she gets kind of petulant when he won't when he won't just like spew all of his stuff to her and she's like well and then then he finally gives her the h you know which fall of carthage which is one of my favorite lines yes in the book and in the tv show oh i know good just perfect so perfect so i like that and then i like the uh okay so i want to show you to my labs i promise i won't hurt you and but she did not hesitate she's like okay (laughs) let's go let's go and then he's like offers her his coat because he's like you're cold and your adrenaline's high and your blood's pumping and she's like, you can hear my heart. It's not even like he's the lesser of all evils. You, mm-hmm. you can tell there's just the attraction. Not, and not just even physical. There's some kind of connection there. Yeah. And there's some there's some innate goodness in him that comes yes. through, even if there was an attraction. For now, she's telling herself he's the lesser of all e- evils. Mm-hmm. She, she hasn't faced that yet. So, But they keep having these little, no, I don't want to say flirty because they're far more intense, but it's like these like little bursts of recognition, like when, he's, when she says, you can hear my heart, and he says, yes. All, all the, the time. time. And the way he says it is just like, oh, it's just it makes your heart sing yeah yeah you can hear my heart yes all the time and here's where i'm going to stop and tell bad wolf why are you trying to kill us man (laughs) (laughs) why are you trying to kill us right here Ooh, so good all the time. Ah, oh, puddles. Yeah, they, puddle on the floor. They don't even care. They don't even care. Yeah. You can leave our husbands widowers. They don't give a shit. No, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna melt. are gonna melt all the demons along with the witches. I know the Wizard of Oz anymore. It's gonna be bad. Ah, the shame of it all. Anyway, we're back in the lab, and um, Di- our, Diana and Matthew are walking in this time, and they're confronted with Miriam and Marcus. And Marcus, well, Marcus is like, is so great. Marcus is like, hey. Matthew, and he went straight in for the sniff, man. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? He was like, 
<laughs> I love it. Carefree. It, it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. It was so it was so in character so perfectly in character for Matthew's reaction was perfectly in character too. <laughs> it was even better than kind of rolling in on the chair. It was better than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Um is a big juxtaposition of, of Domenico though. I mean he just got near the body and he could smell, you know, go through his files and organize them and where does he recognize that? And Marcus is like, This is me, big sniff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a different generation. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Apparently, you go right in when you're younger. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, girl, you smell good. Okay. It's very wolfish. Okay. Super wolfish. And I know we talked about this before. The AB negative mistake repeated here was it on purpose? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are they trying I think to kill us? They're fucking with us. Yeah. They're trying to fuck with us for sure. <laughs> Okay, and for the audience who just into the TV show, you haven't cracked the books yet, we're going to give you a little hint. AB negative was the big mistake in A Discovery of Witches. And supposedly they fixed it in the second printing. Yes. Um, The correct answer was Diana was supposed to have AB positive blood. Um, Because some scientists came up and corrected Deb right after it came out. And so they fixed it in the second printing. The problem is they fixed it in only one chapter of the second printing. So it was AB positive. Yeah, it in both spots. And then AB negative. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> now it's just a joke to us. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they repeat, repeated that quote unquote mistake <laughs> in the TV well, show. You had mentioned, like, is it now a nod to the air? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it's an inside joke now. Yeah, I know. So it was a nod to the mistake in the first book. So we're, we're just going to take it as that, because if it was a mistake, yes. then uh, we're just going to carry on and pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Until it comes up another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's talking about the lab and what he's looking for. To do and uh, we flash over to Peter and Peter's talking, taking Jillian to tea. Jillian's just being her normal self, like oh wow. And then he introduces her to Satu, who's about to be on the congregation. This is a big deal to Jillian because she's like, oh congratulations, and oh she God, sits down so, and oh isn't that great? No, I'm going to ingratiate myself with her, huh? Right, and Satu don't give a shit. And- <laughs> Satu just looking there, just like mm, totally right. lurching in. I'm, I was half expecting her to start eating food with her hands. <laughs> yeah. Angela, like, wasn't it noise. you who said it? When you live out in the woods, maybe you just don't care about etiquette anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> or social graces, or yeah, oh, yeah. social norms just fall away. <laughs> yes. Oh wow! That's I mean, you, you did see the vis- you did see her first visitor in a while. Yeah. Yeah. How she greeted him. him. A ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> and the earth opened up and swallowed him. Yeah. There you go. Welcome to my place, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cut to Diana and Matthew, and they're walking across the quad, which I hear is a big no-no for new college, but they were doing it anyway. Don't walk on the grass. Yeah. They talk about stuff that's not going to happen tomorrow, like global warming, but it's still happening. And also creature extinction. No one can see it, but it's still happening. And and Matthew mm-hmm. says, you know, soon there's not going to be anybody but humans left. No one's going to be different. Everyone will be the same. Mm-hmm. All the magic is. I love. I actually love that because it wasn't that how they 
talked about magic seeping out of the world as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then as they're walking, Diana's like, hey, so do you think I should start using my magic? Matthew's like, I don't think you should be afraid to use it because that's who you are. The desire and fear speech came out. Oh, that was so good. That was really good. And then... And I loved how pensive he was here. Yeah. He is mm-hmm. just so good. He's so, so good. And then uh, Diana... <laughs> no pun. Yeah, no, so, so I mean, good. He's, an, he's a, With he's a, a e. wonderful actor. <laughs> he's a wonderful actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really good. Very impressive. Diana counters with magic is a desire made real. And that's what her aunts always told her. And it's also in the books, too. So yeah. we recognize it. it is, they really took a lot of time paying homage to what's actually in the books. They didn't throw yeah. it all out. They took it and they rearranged it in such a way where it was packaged just nice, I think. Oh, in this episode especially. And we'll get to all the other reasons why in a few minutes. In a few minutes. Yep. Want to stay tuned for our... Spoiler zone. Compare and contrast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our spoiler zone compare and contrast. Okay. So before Matthew walks away, Diana feels like she has to spill the beans. She's like, she tells him everything she knows about the book. She's like, it was a palimpsest. There was there were more words. There were words moving. There were three pages taken out. And so Matthew is taking all this information in and realized she doesn't have to tell him this information, but she's volunteering it. And mm-hmm. you could see it in his face. He was like, oh, wow. And he already likes her. So, you know, hey, add another thing to the good pile. Right. So he grabs mm-hmm. her hand yes. and he kisses her wrist and he says, thank you. And then he walks away. And I'm like, oh, my God. And she did not. She didn't hate yes. it. No, <laughs> no not at all. None of us hated it. No. None of us hated it. Oh, my God. That was like the best closer. Yes. Oh, my God. He walks away, and I think we're on the floor. Thanks, Bad Wolf. And he didn't even put... Oh, Bad Wolf. Yeah. You're a bad, bad wolf. Oh, so, so, so good. Yeah, that's it. Do we have anything to, else to talk about in this episode? Did we miss anything going over this? I don't think so. I think, I think we, so. I think we picked it clean. Okay, so we're going to say goodbye to those of you who don't want spoilers for the books or future episodes. So goodbye to you, everybody. And Goodbye to you, spoiler-free folks. <laughs> and Jean will give you her famous demon kiss so you don't miss out. There you go. And for the rest of you, after this break, we're going to enter the spoiler zone. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444-999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it, you're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Okay, so uh, the differences from the books. Did you guys see 
see anything that really stuck out to you? Oh, the one thing that really stuck out to me was how how much of Chapter 9 they kept in. And then during the chess scene, they seem to have melded in a lot of Diana's encounter with Agatha at uh, lunch. Yes, yes. They yeah. kind of shifted that over to Hamish, which I thought was brilliant because they, all of that was really important. But they kept within budget. Yeah, they, sh- right. they sure did. I'm noticing a lot of shifting even in these first two episodes. And I've already caught myself going, oh, well, I wish they would have done. And then all of a sudden saying that in episode one, then you see it in episode two. You're like, just wait, everyone be patient. <laughs> That's like more of a note to myself. Yeah, be yeah, patient. Yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll get there. Yeah. And the other thing I really noticed is like they seem to downpa- downplay when Em and Sarah are telling the story. They kind of downplayed Stephen's revulsion because, I mean, yeah. he was really at they were really adamant in the books about how much your father hated this man. He and did not. Kind of, trust that witch. Yep. They kind of backpedaled it a little bit. It's almost like they're going to wait till something worse happens before they finally say, like, that guy's a bad dude. Right. Keep the fuck away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to be protecting her a lot. Yeah, but I think that I think that's to her detriment, it feels like. You know, because knowledge is power and they don't want to give her right. all the knowledge. That, and that they are really protective. bugs me. They are. That bugs me. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's more than a shift. It's, it's yeah, they could give her mm-hmm. ammunition. Yeah. And the other thing I did miss about the chess scene was the confessional aspect of it. And the fact oh, that yeah. that was when he spilled his, in the book, that's when he spills his guts about Eleanor and, and Cecilia. Yeah. Is all during that sequence. I mean, they managed to, to fit in the references to it. Yes. But I think it loses but, some of its power. It does. And it also doesn't demonstrate any of Matthew's self-loathing because in yeah. the books when Hamish says, well, you didn't kill her. And he goes, in what way did I not kill her? Yes. I took a reason. I took her yeah. humanity. How is that not killing her? So, mm-hmm. and also in the books, Matthew spends a good deal of time. I mean, he's it was pretty much an overnight stay. At the closing scene, he's just staring at the white clean in his hand hours after after Hamish has already gone to bed and this is yeah. in the middle yes. of the night and he's just pondering what the hell he's going to do because he doesn't know. Yeah, I'm missing the self-loathing Matthew, to be honest. Even the healing powers. Didn't he break the wine glass and he bled and then he healed right away? Yes. Yes. And we didn't get to see Jordan. Oh, I know. No Jordan. Or the mushroom soup. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was the first indication that we knew that hum- some humans know about creatures, some of them. Yeah, and and it was a, it wasn't a bad thing as opposed to right. Diana and Sean, right? But we, like Angela said, it's like we have to be patient because if they didn't use it in this episode exactly where we expected it, mm-hmm. right, or it from could, whom we expected it, it could show up later, and and that's the big thing. And it's like, bam, in your face, demons, and we don't want to wind up being that. <laughs> no. This is true. This is so true. Fortunately, we can time walk. Yes, we know how to time walk. (laughs) So so, we we are super talented demons. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, so we're going to just be patient and run through all these episodes before we say, oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed that. Because there's still stuff that we don't know that we don't know. So yes, Uh there's that. Oh, and the whole Marcus thing. You wanted to talk about Marcus. I wanted to talk about Marcus. What what were we talking about? And the sperm donor. Oh. Oh, right. Okay. So in the books, apparently there was nothing wrong with this dude's sperm because he made a bunch of baby vampires. Right. <laughs> so I don't know that we'll get that exact story. Well, in Which the book. Which time convert. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. It, Which in is... the books, it's the mysterious vampire murders. Yes. It's yes. Not, so... 
Marcus is responsible for one so far and Juliet's responsible for the other. But in the books, we don't know who's leaving these corpses yeah, around at this town. at this point in time. Yes. yes. No, we don't know. So that'll be an interesting thing for them to work through if they do decide to include that. Because, yes. yeah, Marcus had no problem with his babies. No. Making baby vampires in the other one. <laughs> yeah. He seemed to be too good at it. In fact, yeah, very good at it. Although I was, I was led to believe that even that that was Marcus's problem. But when Matthew said that, you know, it's being more difficult to sire new vampires, I just thought, well, Marcus had that big brood, but it was two hundred years ago or a hundred years ago. Right, right. Oof, wow. I hope they didn't write themselves into a corner. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe his ability to make babies could have diminished over time because maybe he was told not to make any more babies, and he and he didn't. <laughs> he he started hitting the tanning booth. <laughs> <laughs> Decreased his fertility. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe his <laughs> those tidy whities are doing him in. Right. So maybe his fertility decreased over time. When we're if we're comparing the two. So yeah, yeah. Wow. The vampire equivalent of tidy whities. So I mean, that is a possibility. <laughs> Which um, raises the question: Go ahead. Boxers or briefs? <laughs> <laughs> or commando? Oh my God, he's never going to come on the show now. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Please come on the show. (laughs) Okay. So in the romance department, I would say that I feel like we're going to get the same intensity, but it's going to seem quicker because everything is just shortened up. So maybe we won't get a sense of an actual courtship, even though it was quick in the books, if you think about the days, but we got to linger there a little bit longer. Yes. We don't get to really linger in these. And with, with, especially with the way that we cut between scenes so much. Yes. Yes. At least in these first two episodes with the way everything's edited, you don't really linger. Linger. Yeah. I could linger a little bit longer. Longer in the congregation meetings. Yeah. Hamish's I house. I could have lingered a little bit longer up in his rooms when he came back from Scotland. Yeah. To be honest. A deeper talk would have been cool. I would have been mm-hmm. cool with that. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just maybe a minute more. Yeah. Just just a little bit of a linger. Okay. Maybe we'll put that on our wish list for uh, Shadow of Night when we uh-huh. get to those episodes. But if you, if you add a minute more to each scene, we'll, we're fine with nine episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Forget budget, right? right? Yeah. Well, I already built the library it won't be using. I was thinking, I think I was reading somewhere, I think in the discussion group, somebody from the UK said eight is normal for series in the UK. And we're used to... For the first season. Yeah. And we're used to like 12 or 15. I thought that was a lot, actually. I thought it was like, I mean, Sherlock is three, one hour and a half episodes, but I think even Spooks was like six episodes a season. A season. Or series. So, yeah, we're used to like 12, 13, maybe 14. 14, maybe 15 episodes. Yeah. So I maybe they'll increase it for Shadow of Night. I can't see truncating Shadow of Night like this at all. We shall see. And in Deb, we trust. We'll just throw out all the mantras right now. But still, we'll say stay tuned for our wish list episode. Stay tuned for it. That'll be the very last episode in this series of 10 that we're going to be doing. So anything else, you guys, before we close out and say goodbye to the fine folks. Nothing I can think of right now. No. Me neither. So let's say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Demon kiss again. And we'll talk to you (laughs) next week. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. 
The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 